Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions this fine afternoon. Uh, Depending on when you started this whole thing, could be day 23, day 26, day 30, of the quarantine stay at home but good news the governments are relaxing their restrictions here in Colorado we're seeing some more uh op- some are the stay at home order ends on Sunday and uh there are different businesses opening and different people going back to work that's all good um for churches they're still recommending online for most of May but we're hoping that by mid May the numbers will be uh, reduced, and we can do some something creative, uh, something that can get people together and still honor what's going on. Of course, we're online. That's great. It's wonderful. We've been online and broadcasting our services on Grace FM for a long time, but it's nothing like what God intended, and what God intended is for us to gather together. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure you are as well. Uh, there is a, a meme or a video that uh, got passed around. Uh, it's still getting passed around of, like it says, it's of a big, of a comedian. I forget his name, uh, but he's he's running through the studio, high-fiving. You know, he's all out of control, and and he's running through and excited. And it says, first day back at church or something like that. And, and I agree, it's going to be an exciting day. It's going to be a celebration. Um, it's going to be a, a happy time. And we're looking forward to this passing as well as uh, so many um, are being able to go back to work and so many being able to um, not be in fear uh, and and just really concerned for the people that have lost loved ones. Um, just got a text today uh, from a friend in California. <clears throat> Came in about 2 o'clock, got word from my cousin there in Aurora, that her dad is in a care facility and just tested positive for COVID, and he has major respiratory problems. So, I mean, this stuff is real, folks. Like setting aside all the all the conspiracy stuff, and it should be set aside. This is real. This is a real man with a real cousin and a real person, and the the Cherry Creek Nursing Care Center is right down the street from our church on Hampton, and uh, quite a few people have passed away from that particular care center because of the weakness, uh, the weak conditions of the patients there. Like, these are real families and real sorrows and sadnesses, and it's too bad you got all these layers of politic stuff and fear and maybe lack of knowledge and all all of that. It's too bad uh, because it clouds out the reality of real people dealing with real issues. So, 
At any rate, that's the condition of our time, and uh, you are listening to a live broadcast um, here from Grace FM in Colorado. Uh, we are in Aurora, Colorado. It's a ministry outreach of Calvary Church here, uh, Calvary Chapel. Been here 20 years, and uh, we're, we're on the air. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number. We had Bible study last night, studying Daniel chapter 10, and I shared... Uh, in that Bible study, sort of, um, you know, just on a side note, that praying is not just folding your hands, closing your eyes, but that it's an atmosphere of prayer, and and that one one way that you can pray is praying through songs. And I happened to be singing a brand new song uh, on the way into the off on the way into the church building yesterday to broadcast live, uh, and it's called Open Space. It's from House Fires, this collaborative worship ministry in Georgia, and just just beautiful music flowing from them. And uh, it it I shared it out. I said you know I gave it on the message on the air yesterday, and then right before the program, I got a text from our producer Kevin. He says, "Hey Ed, you won't you you want to guess or you won't believe what song is going to be your bumper before the show today?" And I said, "Oh, I'm." Uh, I I don't know what I texted back, but something you know, like yeah, I I'm sure I do. Here I'll, I'll say, what did I what did I say exactly? Um, uh, I just said hmm, like because I kind of knew I know Kevin was listening to the Bible study last night, and and so the bumper was there. But the reason I'm sharing that with you, not only is it a great song, so download it, Spotify, Apple Music, go to YouTube. It's called Open Space by House Fires. As a matter of fact. Download this. Download the music from House Fires. Um, you'll be blessed. A lot of great worship music coming out of that ministry there. Um, but the the neat thing that Kevin wanted to share was that it uh, it wasn't put as bumper music today before the program on purpose. Uh, it was in the system, and the system pops up a song. Uh, you know, the computer system pops up a song to put, and it just you know the the timing of the Lord. Um, uh, actually, Kevin says, I was going to put it in there on purpose, but it was already there a week ago. <laughs> That's even better. Already a week ago, today's music was already scheduled. Um, so, you know, it just reminds me, this is a little thing. It reminds me as we're starting off the show, um, give us a call. Uh, you got open lines, 303-690-3000, and then also text us. We have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week text line uh, for prayers and questions. The question portion is for the show here, Calvary Live, 720-336-0897. Put these numbers in your uh, phone so you can always have them. You don't have to worry about them. And then you could just say, hey, Siri, call Calvary Live. Uh, or, hey, Siri, text Calvary Live. Uh, and uh, you can do it while you're driving. Do it while you're on your phone. So put these numbers in your phone. Text me, 720-336-0897. Call me to be on the air. Two open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number. But I was thinking, you know, the sovereignty of God and the care and concern and the timing of God is a reminder that there are no coincidences, uh, they, 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 that things don't happen by chance, that we're not lucky, but rather we are 
a part of the overall overarching plan of our sovereign, caring, loving God. And every details, even if we don't see it, even if it's not some little thing like God gave us today, even if we don't see it, even if we don't know it, how the panorama of God putting things together, He is. So trust Him. All right, let's go right to the phone lines. Longmont, Colorado. Tanya's online. Uh, Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. I'm doing well. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I was just calling for um, prayer for my son. Um, He's in the hospital right now. He had a drug overdose last Mm, Thursday. Um, And he's... I I mean, I want to pray for his salvation. That's very, very important. And and part, I also want to pray because um, we're trying to convince him to uh, go into a residential treatment center. Yes. Uh, He's only 15, but it turns out 15 is the legal age for him to decline his own treatment. Um, So it puts me in a very difficult position where I have to give him an ultimatum that I don't want to have to give to my child. Uh, And I have to have that conversation with him tonight, and it's going to be very difficult. And um, so I'm just, you know, trying to gather as much (laughs) prayer as I can that he would just choose, that he would just choose the right thing, and that I won't have to have that um, extremely difficult conversation with him. Well, I'm going to agree with you in prayer over that. You know, there's something special about a mom and her son. Uh, God has just created a beautiful relationship between moms and sons, and I'm just going to, I'm going to pray as well that that would precede you, like that he would really respect that part of your relationship, even if it's not a high priority for him right now, even if he doesn't feel it, even if he's kind of blinded by his own sinful actions and his own addiction, you know, it's is being convinced that he needs this and he wants this and that he knows what's best for his own life. I'm going to pray that God would not only go before you in his power and presence, but also that special, you know, unique relationship that's between a mom and her son. And, and you know, mom, I'm going to pray for you to have the kind of courage and boldness, um, just being the mom that you are, to tell him the hard words and to stick by them. Uh, One of the mistakes that my parents made uh, as as I was growing up and addicted and causing havoc and making life miserable for them is is they just wouldn't stick by their word. And again, I don't fault them for anything. I'm not blaming them at all. They just, for some reason in their parenting, my mom would make a decision and then my dad would get me out of it. And and then my mom would make a decision, and then she'd feel guilty about it, and then not. And, and you know, God was gracious, kept me alive, um, kept my parents together, um, you know, because I was all the ingredients for a divorce. But uh, it wasn't until I was 23, you know, almost 23, a couple months shy of 23, that God finally got my attention. And so we're just going to pray that's faster for your boy. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> Father, I pray for Tanya as she has some very hard words to share with her boy. I, I pray with him, God, it's such a young age. I know my life was already really messed up at that age too. And I had just made 
really, really bad decisions, and they caught up with me. So I pray for this young man that's caught up to him. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing that he's brought to a place of getting help and that his mom wants to help him. And so I pray he would be favorable, uh, favorable to treatment. Uh, I pray for that, God. I pray that he would be favorable toward treatment and that his, his heart would be willing to get clean. And so I just pray that into this conversation tonight. And I pray for Tanya. She has uh, a need to be strong and bold and courageous. Uh, But I know that those are things that are hers by faith in Jesus Christ. And I pray for her boy that he would also surrender his life and and surrender his life to uh, salvation. That's his only hope. Not even treatment. Treatment's not his only hope. His only hope is found in you. And so I pray that wherever pathway he takes, that, God, there would be a sense of, of uh, man, like deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, let us know how it goes. And, you know, I, I know that we never, we didn't have our kids uh, expecting this, and we certainly don't want it. Um, but God loves you and he loves your son and he is brokenhearted over what your son is doing to himself. And, um, you know, it's a long road, but part of the prayer, I think for a parent, it's very hard to pray, but that, that your kids would come to the end of themselves and hit rock bottom. And that's what we want. And we want him to hit rock bottom and maybe, maybe he's here. Maybe it's, maybe it's time. I sure hope so. I'm God has made me, promise after promise about my son and and yes. so I know the end result will be that he'll be healed and he will be saved. I know that because God said it to me over and over again. Yes. Um, yes. But the process, going through the process of getting there is so hard and it's very horrific. painful. And it, it, at times it's really scary. But it's just about keeping your eyes on the Lord. You know, and, it, it is. and so I just, I'm very thankful that, um, that you're willing to pray with me. And let me just plant a, a little, let me plant a thought too, just to prepare you for tonight. Um, you know, your son is cornered and, and he obviously, you're anticipating, uh, that he's not going to agree with you. You're anticipating that it's going to be challenging, that he's going to fight it. And, and so part of the fighting, uh, will be, him saying a lot of mean things about you and blaming it on you and exploiting any mistakes that you've made or any things that you've said. Maybe you've even forgot about it, but he hasn't forgot about it. And, and he's going to fight. If, if, if he does, he'll fight and he'll get real personal. And so be, be mindful of that, that whatever he says isn't true the way that you feel it. So let's say you did make a mistake, but for goodness sake, any parent listening to this right now, um, you know, we're all messed up parents. Like none of us are perfect parents, right? So even if he's, what he says is true factually, guard your heart that he doesn't get you off your game. 
right? You remember, I don't know if you, growing up on the schoolyard, you'd be on the schoolyard in high school maybe, and you'd be arguing about somebody's music, and you're like, I like this song, and, and then the other person would go, well, you're dumb, I like this song, and, and all of a sudden they'd say, well, your mama's fat. And you're like, what? We talk about my mom. And then you started, your mom's fat. And then you start, like you were arguing about music, but now you're making fun of each other's moms and okay. totally missing the point. Then you're fighting. And, and so tonight, there may be him just going for the gut, um, just going for the heart. You're a horrible mom. This is all your fault. And I'm telling you right now ahead of time, it's not your fault and you're not a horrible mom so that the Holy Spirit can remind you even if you've made mistakes, of course you have. And and he's just going to, if he does get resistant, he's just going to use everything he can to get you off your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the difficult part. You know, as a mother, I think you said it a little earlier when you were talking about um, your own mom, because we, you know, as a mother, you just have such a soft heart. And when you start to see your child hurting, your instinct is to protect. And in this situation, protecting him is not the right thing to do. You know, the, the way to protect him is to, is to let him go through the hard stuff. And that's very difficult as a mom to watch your child yes. go through difficult things and to not be able to reach in and cover them, you know? Yes. And so that's, on a personal level, that's a battle I'm facing is um, just having to pull away and allowing, you know, the bad stuff to happen because that is what it takes in the yes. case of addiction. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're wrestling with a couple things. You're wrestling with addiction and then you're wrestling with a kid that just wants to sin. And it's yeah. hard to navigate between the two because it's easy to hide behind addiction and make a lot of excuses for addiction, but it's not addiction's not as big as problem. Yes, that's true. And yeah. you know, once he realizes that, and once he desires something greater than this temporary, you know, and and, and it's there's a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of different things that that we could get to the root of with your boy. We just need to, you know, it's we need to get him off the substances, and 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 obviously, if he's not saved, he needs to be born again because that's where the power is. And I've been so I've been sober twenty nine years, and so I want you to remember my voice because I'm an example of a kid very similar to your boy, who didn't change until he was twenty two, unfortunately, and hurt a lot of people, um, did a lot of bad things, but God never gave up on me. My parents never gave up on me. And here I am getting to talk to you about your son today. Only God could do that. And he does. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Keep us up to date, okay? You know, that it's those terrible things that we go through that cause us to be so dependent on God. You're and right. it creates the depth of our relationship with him where we begin to understand how big he is and how much he loves us. It and gives so it's purpose my for my son that that this um, terrible thing that he's going through will draw him to the love of God and the yeah. presence of God. I agree. Well, I'm so glad you're his mom. Keep us up to date, okay? All right.
right. Bye-bye, Tanya. 303-690-3000. Let me get a text question real quick here. Uh, can you pray in your thoughts? Yes, you can pray in your thoughts. A great example of that is in Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah is there between uh, in, in front of his boss, if you will, and and let me find it for you. Came to pass, dreadly afraid, said to the king. Um, <clears throat> so in Nehemiah chapter two, uh, Nehemiah is heartbroken over the city. He wants to leave his esteemed position. Uh, you know, he would be like the vice president, like the prime minister of a country. He was the cupbearer, but don't think of it as just a taste tester. He was a very trusted man, uh, high in in the uh, government. Uh, and he wanted to leave his position and go back and build uh, the re- help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and the temple. And because of his um, relationship with his boss, he came and told him the truth. And it's so important to walk in the truth. So he comes to to his boss, wants to uh, not only wants to, he tells him the truth. Um, and and it says he he came with a sad face. You're not sick. It says, so I became dreadfully afraid. It said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and his gates are burned with fire? And the king said to me, what do you request? And then the king, uh, and then so I prayed to the God of heaven. And then he answered. So the time between the question and the answer was a quick prayer, I believe, that was in Nehemiah's mind. So yes, you can pray in your thoughts because we talk in our heads, uh, don't we? Uh, like so, so there's people listening to Calvary Live right now, and if we ask them, "Do you cuss? Um, do you ever say the f word or bad words?" and they'd say, "No, I never say them ever, never, never." And what they mean is, is that never that those words don't come out of their lips. However, there are some listening that even though those words don't come out of their lips, they haven't developed a new habit of getting out of their minds. And so people, they not only cuss with their mouths, they also cuss with their minds. People get angry not only outwardly, but they hold it inwardly. You see, sin can be done outwardly and done inwardly, and spiritual uh, acts can be done inwardly and outwardly. 303-690-3000, down to uh, Colorado Springs. Justin is on the line. Justin, welcome to the program. Yeah, hey, Pastor Ed, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing good, thanks. So, um, I've been just kind of um, in my walk with God. It just every time I'm out in public, you know, I feel the Holy Spirit like wanting me to to evangelize. You know, to to talk to people and and preach the gospel in some way that is normal, where they don't get turned off by the Lord. And I, you know, I want to plant that seed. I feel like I got to drive to do that, but yet. When I feel like I have an opportunity to to do that, like I just back away and I don't I don't say anything. Like you know, like even if it's a I'm at a cash register buying something at a gas station, and you know I'm like thank you, you know after I pay for it, and uh, you know I could you know I could have just said like you know um, like uh, something something you know that has to do with with uh, the Lord Jesus and, and yes. kind of bringing them to that. And I just feel like I always, 
uh, choke, if you will. I'm I'm using that figuratively, of course. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, I just don't know what to say when, and then, and then I feel guilty about it. Like, you know, like God, I know God's not going to punish me for not evangelizing, but I, I want to work for my rewards in heaven. And I, you know, I don't know how to do that right now. Like I want to be a missionary and I can't do that because I'm raising a family right now. You know, I want to go out in the field somewhere and preach the gospel, but like, where do I, you know, I feel like Moses sometimes, where do I get my words? How do I say it? You know? And, sure. Yeah. Well, let me give you a couple of thoughts on that. First of all, I want you to pick up a book, uh, and I think it's called How to Share Jesus Without Fear. Uh, let me look for it here. The guy's name is Bill Fay, F-A-Y. Um, he might even be local here. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Share Jesus Fear. Yep, so it's Share Jesus Without Fear. And Bill Fay, William Fay, F-A-Y. So I'm see it here on uh, Kindle paperback and uh, audio, and he will walk you through some some real um, basic uh, steps to build that bridge with somebody, um, and and walk you through the some of the fears and anxieties or hesitancies you might have right now, and that will help. But until you get the book. You know, I think that you've already taken the first step, and that is you care. And caring makes a big difference. And and so as you as you care for people, you're gonna respond to the degree that you care for them. And and so that the guy at the market, you know, when when you say thank you, um, you can add one more thing to that, depending on who's standing behind you. You know, you might even start to arrange yourself to get in line last, right? So that you have a little extra time with the guy. Um, so, cause if you were up front and there's three people in line behind you, uh, you know, at the gas station, it's going to be more challenging, um, because you know, everybody's, he's not going to really talk to you. You want to be in a, so you want to position yourself where you can talk. Uh, and one of the questions that will almost always not, I, I really rarely, rarely ever, uh, seen someone not respond positively to this question is how can I pray for you? I mean, every believer, unbeliever, Muslim, Buddhist, doesn't matter. Most of the time in a conversation, people have things on their minds and their hearts, and you can you can take that request. And if it's a place you go to all the time, then you can continue that conversation because whatever they ask you to pray about, they've given you a little insight to their life, and you could follow up on that. And And so those types of questions will be very helpful as your desire to be a missionary, you're, you, what you're really doing is building a long-term relationship with people. That's what you're doing. Um, so that through that relationship, you can take the trust that's been given to you and use it to talk about someone's soul and talk about their lostness and talk about your faith. And for the people that you don't have a lot of time, uh, you should have information about the church that you attend. You know, whether your church gives out cards or little flyers or you make your own and say, hey, uh, I know I'm in here all the time. I've got a long line, but hey, I want to invite you uh, to join me for church this weekend, even if you do it online. And here's my phone number. If you ever need anyone to pray for, you know, so you're starting to be creative in how you build a bridge with somebody. Um, Sometimes that bridge is built really fast. You can show the gospel straight up. People are just ready. But other times it takes some time for them to trust you 
in order to give them the fullness of the gospel. Because um, our goal is to be used by God. And so some of us plant, some of us water, but it's only God that gives the increase. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just the second, you know, the second greatest commandment Jesus taught, you know, you you shall love, you know, love each other just as I have loved you. And it's like, well, how do I, you know, when, when we're out in public getting groceries or whatever, you know, and there's mountains of unbelievers out there, how do I love them and show that light? You know what I'm saying? But do it in an That's attractive way. way. And so, you know, I looked up, I just Googled that William Fay after you said yeah. it. So I'll, I'll have to get his right book. on. Well, call me back. You hear the music. Got to go. Thanks, Justin. Hey, we'll be right back. This is the end of the first half of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Stick around. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the uh, second half of Calvary Live. I want to remind you guys on Hope FM, I was just talking, or uh, not talking, but emailing with Pastor Bill Lubkemen. Uh So grateful for the ministry there at Calvary Chapel Marlton. I also... Uh, was in contact with uh, Pastor Jim Kevney out there on the East Coast. So love you guys on the East Coast. I'm hoping Bridge Fest is still on. Uh, you guys know up at Calvary Chapel Old Bridge, they put on Bridge Fest, uh, and I'm hoping that it doesn't get canceled. I think so far it's still on, um, and I hope so. I hope so. I hope New Jersey is just like uh, Florida, and they open up those beaches, and we can have a great time with Bridge Fest Always look forward to being there uh, as uh, we have our teaching ministry on both Hope FM and on the bridge, uh, and we're grateful. But I wanted to remind you, you listen, and also to our friends on Truth FM, our teaching ministries on Truth FM as well, and many of the other Refuge FM, many of the other stations around the country. Thank you guys for that privilege of being on the radio, uh, on the station, your generous support of Grace FM your generous support of your local Christian radio, and of course, your um, generous support of Abounding Grace uh, is helps to put it all together so that Bible study and teaching is going around um, constantly, continually, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amazing. Well, we have all lines are full, so I'm going to jump right back into Wani is in Strasburg, Colorado, Wani, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed, and thank you for your faithfulness to so many of us. Thank um, you. I, I was listening to a teaching on the radio on the station today, and Paul and the men that he was traveling with, it was Luke and I believe it was Timothy or maybe it was Silas. Anyway, they wanted to go into Asia, Asia, but the Lord said no. <laughs> I thought... I don't know. That was just a little bit confusing to me. And okay. then I got to a place where I had to be at work and I couldn't listen to the, what the pastor was finishing teaching. <laughs> okay. So why would, you know, God wants his word to be proclaimed throughout the world. Why would he tell 
or, or close the doors to a certain area that in today's world, that area is pretty much um, Muslim and, um, you know, very strong um, jihadist and things like that. Why would God say yes. no? That's a great question, you know. So let's take it from a couple perspective. The answer to the question is actually very easy, because as you continue to read the text in Acts 16, we know why. Uh, we know exactly. This is the great. Uh, this is the great thing about time and trials. You know, in the midst of trials, we have no idea what's going on. It's painful. Doesn't make any sense. Why would you allow this, God? But then over time, there's many times we can look back and say, Ah. I can see the purpose and the pain. So for this particular instance, we we know, but I'm going to save that answer to the la, to the last part uh, because I want to talk a little bit about you and I being with Paul. Let's say you and I are the ones traveling with Paul, and uh, that we go through. It says in Acts 16, we go through Phrygia, the region of Galatia, and then it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So at that point, we would probably be in a place of concern, maybe even confusion, right? Because why in the world would God ever forbid the preaching of the gospel? It yeah, doesn't make human sense. Right, it doesn't make any human sense. So you and I conclude, well, that must not be from God. We're going to keep preaching the gospel. So we go to Mysia, it says, verse 7, and we tried to go into Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit did not permit them. So they get shot down twice in this particular area. And it says they passed by Mysia. They came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. So when did he get this vision? Before or after being forbidden to preach the gospel? What do you think? Well, it said he had a vision during the night. Wasn't that after he was forbidden? It was. It was after he was forbidden. And did he get a? Did he get this vision before he was forbidden? What did he want to do before he was forbidden? He wanted to go to different cities and preach the gospel. Right. He wanted to go into Asia, and God said no. Mm -hmm. I'm going to still try. God said no. Then he finally is in a place where he's resting. They're in a new city, Troas, and then he gets this vision, and he receives a vision to go somewhere else. So, like, we can make a lot of conclusions on this, that, first of all, let's, let's back up a little bit. Does God need Paul to preach the word in Asia? No. So forbidding him really is no big deal. Like, God can, God can and will get the gospel into Asia. He doesn't need Paul. So that it's not a prohibiting of the message going there. He just doesn't want Paul there. And so Paul tries again. Holy Spirit says no. And we don't actually know how how this happened. But then they come to this city of Troas. And like you and me, and of course we have to read a little bit into this, but if it was you and me, I'd be a little bummed out. I, I know what it's, I actually understand to some degree what this is like. Because before I moved to Aurora, we were actually headed to Pueblo to plant the, plant a church. And my heart was set on it. And I was ready to move my family down there. And there were two other families that were going to move with us to Pueblo back in 1999. And we believed that that was the city from God. And we believed that that was the will of God. 
And we believe that we that is exactly where God wanted me. And I was 100% convinced. There's no way you could have talked me out of it. No way until I took another trip with my wife to see the city. And through that trip, uh, God was God revealed to me, Ed, I don't want you here. And I try something else. God, I, Ed, I don't want you here. And I do something. And, and it was the most discouraging time in my life. It was one of the most discouraging, humbling times in my life as God literally forbid me to move to Pueblo and said, basically, just go back home. Go back to California. And, and it was kind of left there where uh, it almost I felt like God said, um, or at least I felt this way. I don't know what was God and what was me, but I don't want you to plant a church. Just go mm. back, go back to work, go back to your church, and I don't want you in Pueblo. And I interpreted that as he didn't want me to plant a church. But it was in that time, like Paul, that things started happening differently. And he actually picked the city for me. I picked a city and God said no. And then I was in a more receptive place and being broken and humbled and sad and crying and feeling like a failure where God said, all right, now it's time. Get up. I want you to go to Aurora. I'm like, Aurora? I didn't even know anything about Aurora. Where is that? And uh, and all of it, you know, again, the whole my whole story uh, ends up. Yeah. So that leads me to this. Notice it says in, in Acts 16, verse 10, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And you'll remember, yeah. they sailed from Tor- Troas. Uh, they came through to the, to the area of Philippi, they couldn't find a synagogue to preach the gospel. So do you remember the story? Where did they go? <laughs> they went to the river. They met yeah. a woman by and the name Lydia. of Lydia. And Lydia, yes. That was, was a seller of purple. And God, God connected them together. They ended up planting a church in Philippi. And that's why God forbid them to preach the gospel. He wanted Paul to plant a church in Philippi. And I believe... Again, I think history, um, commentators agree, but I believe that Lydia became a very um, important financial supporter of the ministry of Paul and funded him in a lot of his ministry. That God, God had, God wanted to bless Lydia. God wanted Lydia to bless Paul. He wanted a church in Philippi, and he'll take care of Asia. He doesn't need us. And so there's so many applications. It's such a, you know, it's such an amazing section of scripture, especially if you've experienced a real difficult, you know, you place your whole life on a decision and God says no kind of situation. This is a great text. Yes. Well, thank you so very, very much. And um, it's hard because I work with intellectually disabled um, ladies, and so you know, I can't have finished listening to a teaching when I'm yes. with them because of their disabilities. But anyway, thank you uh, so very, very much for taking you're welcome, my call. You're welcome, And have a Alrighty. blessed afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's move on. Uh, we are in to Tennessee. Susan in Tennessee. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. How Hi. are you this evening? I'm doing very well. How are you? Well, I am going through some very trying times right now. Um, okay. And I, I would like uh, to request prayer 
Uh, it's like my life is falling apart. Uh, my 24-year-old son uh, was going to church. He was doing good up until Halloween, and mm-hmm. he backslid. And now he's uh, strung out on methamphetamine, alcohol, you name it. Oh, and he's brought, stolen <laughs> from me. He um, hit me. Mm. I've had to put him out of my house. I've had to call the police several times. And uh, I know God has a purpose. There's a purpose. There's a reason for all of this. Uh, and I know also that the more people praying, that uh, will move God on my behalf and Tyler's behalf. Uh, he's met a 30-year-old woman that she doesn't have her children. Uh, and she's into tarot cards and all astrology and just things of the devil. Yes. And it's horrible. It's horrible. It's, uh, I don't know what to do anymore. I, I haven't talked to him in eight days. I, I don't know what to do anymore but pray for him. And I send him well, uh, every day uh, a Bible verse. That he yes, has. good. Just good. to pray. Lift him up. Let's do that. Um, his name is Tyler? His name's Tyler. Well, I was talking to a mom earlier uh, because you guys get the show. Are you listening on the radio or on the live stream? At radio. So you guys get the show a week later, but uh, but we're live right now. And the I had a call earlier today that'll air next week of a mom who has to confront her 16-year-old son um, tonight. Um, and he, I guess, 16 years old is the age where uh, you can say no. You don't. Ha- you can say no to consent. So if he doesn't want to go to this treatment, he doesn't want. He doesn't have to. Mom can't make him. And and one of the things I shared with her is to to get a good let my voice sink right down into your heart, into your mind, because I was your son. Um, I lived a life very, uh, I'm, I'm sure the details are very different, but I lived a life of reckless rebellion, addiction, um, trouble, problems, hurt, um, very mean, hurtful, in and out of jail, on and on until I was 23. And God was able to, to, not only was God able to finally capture my life, but here I am talking to you about your son. And so I want you to forever, I know God inspires hope and I know that he's in you and, and I never, I'm not trying to take his place at all, but it's always good to have physical examples of what you're praying for in your son, that someone someone's prayer was answered in my life. And I've been sober now for 29 years, completely 100% sober and a life that's productive for the things of God. And if it's possible for a knucklehead like me, it's possible for your boy as well. And he's just not himself right now. Drugs makes him into a different person. I know I don't need to tell you that, but I know a lot of people are listening there that, that, that Tyler's making decisions that are self-destructive and because they're self-destructive, they're destroying the people that love him. And, but he's not himself. 
And we want to pray that he comes to himself and that he repents and that this gal that's supplying him with drugs or whatever she's supplying would be taken out of his life and that he would rise to the occasion to live a life that pleases God. And you know, back in May of last year, he was working for the Tennessee Department of Transportation, and he was living in Clinton, Tennessee, about three hours from here. And yes. he he was drinking and uh, smoking marijuana, and he, he was not serving God, of course, then. And I, I was just praying, 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 and he, he uh, always talks to me every day, you know, back then, every day. And he went for like five days. I, I just felt it in my spirit, and I just cried out to God, and God, please. And Tyler called me, and he was on the methamphetamine then. Mm. Yes. And I drove for five and a half hours and picked him up in May, the 3rd of May, and brought him back here and took him to the hospital. They kept him there three days and then kept him in uh, 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 just a temporary, like, uh, not even a re They call it a rehab, but it's not really. But he didn't have insurance, right. so they let him out. But he uh, he got saved. He went to church with me. He was serving God. And, I mean, the devil is just after our kids. It's really bad yes. around here. So I know God can do it. I know. He doesn't want. <laughs> and, and look at you. I mean, you're wonderful. You, I listen every week. Uh, Praise God. And he, he is delivering over God. and over again. And yes. so let's pray for Tyler. I can't wait to hear his voice. Father, we lift up Tyler to you. Um, a special prayer to bring him to the end of himself. Um, we think of that instance, Jesus, how you meet us as parents you know, with the brokenness of our own kids, and you gave us that parable of the prodigal son, and and you want us to understand the father's love and the father's heart, but we also know in that parable that sometimes kids just go off, and they think they're right, and they think they can do, they think that they don't have to follow good advice, and on and on, and and yet that kid, that 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 person, that young person that you taught us, Jesus, came to the end of himself. He came to his senses, I think the Bible says. And so I pray that Tyler would come to his senses. And even influence of his dad, influence of this woman, the influence of the people that he's surrounded with, um, I pray that you would, as he's wandering around, you'd put just this solid person that would look him in the eye with great care and concern and maybe shake him to the point of desire to come home and desire to honor his mom, desire to follow you, God, ultimately. So we pray for Tyler, wherever he is right now. We thank you for his mom and many other moms um, just like her, praying for their kids. In Jesus' name, Thanks. amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're such a blessing to many of us. Well, stay in touch with us, okay? Thanks for calling. Absolutely. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Wow. It's hard, man. I think of a, a good brother and his wife in our church right now with a prodigal, and it's painful, um, and it's challenging. 
um, and very difficult. And I think of you. I don't see you by face, but I think of you that are praying desperately for your kids that are challenged by the pain that you are facing. It stinks, and it... You know, my, both my parents are in the presence of the Lord right now, but I, I always have walked through, maybe you're a kid that's backslidden, but you're back. And, you know, I did deal. And every once in a while, I still feel bad. Guilt, I, I, I feel guilty for being such a, well, I'm not going to use those words, just a bad kid. You know, I, in a message, I can get a in, a, in a Bible study, I can get a little cheap laugh on how bad of a kid I was. And, and my parents were okay with it, you know, sharing, they... They 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 got through it, but but man, I I was I was bad, and God was good, and my parents were patient, um, and they never gave up on me. Um, I used to use the joke um, that my mom, because I was adopted, so I would say, you know, I was so bad that my mom would take out my paperwork, the receipt for the adoption, and turn it around on the back to see what the return policy was. And, you know, it's always a cheap laugh and gets people's attention. And, and my mom's like, don't, don't you say that. We never thought about you taking you back. And I said, I know, mom, I know. Uh, but we went through a lot. And, and um, you know, I, 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 you get to this place, right, where you're like, maybe I'm speaking to someone right now. Like, you get to this place in life where you're like, well, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have made so many stupid decisions. But, and then you start feeling condemned. And then you start beating yourself up. And I want to encourage you, don't. The Bible says for the believer that there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. And so we don't look back like and like like and stare. We just look back and go, yes, yeah, I could have done things better. And, and uh, you know, my parents forgave me. My friends forgave me. My wife forgave me. My kids forgave me. Or at least my son, Eddie, forgave me. And, uh, and we'll look forward. 303-690-3000. Lloyd is in Aurora, Colorado. Lloyd, welcome to the program. Thanks, Pastor. Um, so uh, I just wanted to ask for prayer uh, for my little brother. I don't know if you remember, but a few uh, months oh. ago, I brought him. and I Front row, man. Oh. Talk to him in the front row. I remember like it was yesterday. Row. Yep. And, you know... Um, Kind of like with the things I kind of mentioned that day, you know, with yes. how he was acting with my family, my mom, um, you know, uh, yeah, last night he got, uh, he, he got in some trouble and, uh, okay. and, uh, I don't know if you can see like the little note on there, um, I don't really want to mention it on. You don't need to. I, I see, yeah. I see a note. I, I yeah. It doesn't say why, but I, I see a note. Yeah, and so, I mean, he's only 17, you know. Right. And, you know, I just see this generation. I mean, you know, there's so many things, you know, that is just like the spiritual warfare, and then there's like, you know, the materialistic aspect of it as well. And, right. yeah, I just, I, um, yeah. Well, let's if pray. You just pray for him. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we pray for this young man uh, having to face the consequences of decisions that he's made. And I pray this would be it that this would be the wake-up call. It wasn't a visit to church, and it wasn't a Bible study, and it, it wasn't a brother that's talking to him that's got his attention, but maybe this will. And just everything adding up, all the seeds of love and care and concern that's been planted, all the things that have been surrounding his life, 
I know this isn't the first bad decision that he's made. I know it's not the first time he's second-guessed himself. I know it's not the first time he's been uncomfortable and having to face the consequences of his bad, sinful decisions. But I pray that it could be the last, the last big one in his life, and that you'd bring him to the end of himself. It seems to be the theme of the show today, God, just bringing people to the end of themselves, especially at a young age, that they might know that there's nothing for them in this world, that this world is empty and lifeless and destructive, and the devil's a liar, and he doesn't, he, he isn't, he promises everything and he delivers nothing. And so we pray for this young guy, God, as he faces the consequences and the things that are going to come upon him, that he would turn his life over to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And, uh, Pastor, you know, I know yes. it might sound cheesy, you know, because it's mm-hmm. from uh, C.S. Lewis, you know, novels, but, you know, I feel what do you say? at the same time and declare that, you know, um, that all of us as believers, you know, those that are listening, we should declare that God is on the move, you know, like, <laughs> kind of like yes. C.S. Lewis would say, Aslan's on the move, but, you know, we know that our um, King of Judah is on the move as well. And so, I agree. Yeah. All right, I well, thank you, Pastor. I, um, I hope okay, Lloyd. God's giving you strength day after day. Uh, praise the Lord. I can't wait to be in fellowship again. This stuff is getting old. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting bumped out with the stories, you know, <laughs> like empty. I know it's, <laughs> it's just it's old, but um, I think uh, even in that, even in the crisis that we're in, God is being glorified, and He's He's really doing an inside work in us as believers, and so that's good. Definitely, Amen. All right, man. God bless you, bro. See you soon. Bless you. Bye. All right, let's move on to Thornton, Colorado. Desiree is calling. Desiree, welcome to the program. Hey, Desiree, are you still with us? Okay, she wants prayer, so I'm going to pray for her. Lord, I pray for the concern that Desiree called with uh, about the kids that she has influence on and some of the challenges that she faces with her sister and her her sister's choices. And we just lift that up to you, God. Uh, We all have broken families, and and we, we are part of the broken family. And so I just pray for wisdom to be given to my sister Desiree in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, it looks like we have all open lines. Let me go over to the text lines and see what we got there. Um, we have, um, let's see here. How should somebody respond when their husband loves Jesus, but they get very, very buzzed to the point of drunk sometimes, really drunk, 80% of the time they're always drinking in secret? How is the wife supposed to respond? Well, this is certainly a merit. This is certainly a personal problem for the husband, and we want to definitely. The first response is to pray for him, and I'm sure you are. Um, but it's also a marriage issue, and it's causing a marriage difficulty. So you want to talk to him about it, and you want to talk to him about it in such a way that reflects your love and care for him. And I know it'll be hard because it may come off as nagging and it may come off as some argument, but you really do care for him. It's not good to be buzzed and drunk all the time and to do it in secret already kind of speaks to, you know, things being done in darkness. So you want to talk to him and you want to be prayerful and careful 
And then it, and obviously you're calling a Christian radio station show, so if you're in a church, you know, Matthew 18 is the way that you handle things, and you ask your husband if, if we can get help. I think if you choose the you-need-help mode, then it's not going to work. But if you choose the mode of we need help, this isn't good for us. It's not good for our marriage. It's not good for our children. And I love you, and I want to enjoy you, and that kind of con- that kind of communication. I think it'll be really helpful. And and then you offer up the church that you're a part of to sit down with a pastor and and walk through this together, because this this issue will reveal more issues in your marriage. And the good thing about issues being revealed is that the Holy Spirit, once things come into the light, and the Bible says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And so walking in the light is very important in our marriages, in our churches, uh, and individually, because that's where things can be dealt with. So thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in, praying for us. Thank you for your generous support. Thank you guys around the country listening on other stations. Uh, We are honored and grateful to be a small part of the big work that God is doing in your life. Uh, If you're here listening on Grace FM, would you please support us financially? Uh, It'll go a long way, and any amount is any amount, large or small, regular or one time. Go to gracefm.com, the donate button there, or on our app. We'd love to continue to provide this station. We'd love to add another station. So we're still praying. I get emails every day. Still nothing yet. So see you this weekend online. Calvary Church. Calvaryco.church is our website. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.